You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Welcome, everybody, to the Week 17 Cash Game Lineup Review. If it sounds like there's a little pep in my step, it is because... Week 17 was one of my best of the season. So a really good close to the season. I know you're not keeping track at home or anything, but the last four weeks were really solid um, in terms of ROI. The first four were really solid in terms of ROI. And the middle eight or nine, I should say, were uh, up and down. You know, had some good weeks, had some bad weeks, definitely had a lot of middling. Um, I know I kind of Went on and on about how I was, you know, in that 45 to 60 range a lot of weeks and just kind of kissed my sister, had um, basically broke even or only lost or won a little bit. So, and I also know that I mentioned a few times that coming into this final month, it was absolutely my least profitable cash game year. Was still doing, like was still in the black, but just wasn't doing as well. Um, but these last couple weeks really bolstered up that bottom line. All right, let's take a look at the team. This was not a week where I excelled across the board and had like um, a pretty balanced team that did well in every spot that got me to my winning score. It was more like five players dominated and four kind of stunk, um, but got there nonetheless. The cash lineup scored about 190 which, and I mean, a lot of the chalk hit this week, so 190 isn't really um, that much of a smash. I think I won 82% of head-to-heads, and, you know, it was really never in doubt in double-ups um, from the get-go, which is nice. But, you know, I think the cash line was like 160 to 1, or excuse me, 166 to about 172, depending on the double-up. So, you know, a rather chalky week you know like Derrick Henry at 70% um Kirk Cousins was 30% I think there was a there was a few players that were highly owned that went off um so let's take a look at the complete team uh I'll tell you why I made the decisions I made and why I made the decisions to fade some of the players that I faded um, so at, at quarterback, I went Kirk Cousins. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of you guys listening are members of 4 for 4 in the, the Discord chat. And the question that I kept getting in there was, you know, who of the the top plays, um, Lamar, Henry, Devante, would you fade the easiest? Or do you think is the easiest fade? And it was definitely Lamar. Um, the gap between Lamar and Cousins, I felt wasn't very wide and it ended up being really wide in Cousins favor, right? Cousins outscores him by 12 or 13 because they benched Lamar because they were winning so handedly. Um, but I really thought that Cousins and Lamar weren't going to be too far apart in, in terms of DK points, which is why I pulled the trigger on the $1,700 less Kirk Cousins. Um, and then I went, uh, Derrick Henry, you know, smash spot. Another question that I kept getting in the discord was, 
If Miami loses, they're going to sit Henry. Are we pulling Henry if Miami loses? Absolutely not. And I said this flat out. Henry is in my lineup. He's locked in. I like him more than Adams. And the Titans want to win this game to get the division. There was going to be no sitting of Derrick Henry unless they were up or down by 40. I don't know where that narrative came from, that the Titans might rest starters if the Dolphins lost. But it was absolutely out of left field. And I I hope I made that clear on the podcast on Friday. And I hope I made that clear if you're in Discord that there was no reason to sit Henry. Um, Then I went Jonathan Taylor. I could not believe. I was absolutely flummoxed at Jonathan Taylor's ownership in cash this week. He was like between 30 and 45% owned depending on the double up. I didn't see, you know, there was a, I played a a ton of head-to-heads that I wasn't going up against him. This was the dream spot. For Jonathan Taylor. The Jags have absolutely nothing to play for. Couldn't give a lick on defense. The Colts absolutely needed to win to get in. They've been feeding Taylor 20, 25 touches. He's almost like Derrick Henry Light at this point. I mean, he, him and Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, and Kirk Cousins were absolute must clicks for me. Um, so right off the bat, that's huge, right? So I just told you three guys that totaled about 120 points. Um, so, you know, that is, that's like the bulk of my lineup right there. Um, from there, my third running back, I went Ty Johnson and I'm going to get into the, the cheap running backs, but I just thought his workload was really secure. It ended up that, and I mentioned this, I knew it, I friggin' knew it. And I don't know why. I didn't listen to myself. I thought Josh Adams might be in for a little bit more work, um, but we'll get to those cheap running backs and why they're almost, you know, fool's gold um, in this what, week 17 tight situation. Um, at wide receiver, I played Justin Jefferson. I paired him up with Cousins. Um, I thought this week I was going to go for a little bit more upside um, I played in a bunch of three mans and five mans because of that, right? Because in three mans and five mans, if you have a high upside team and you get the, you know, the top team, it's better than a head to head, right? So I, I allocated a little bit more to three mans and, and five mans this week because I thought I had a high upside team that worked out really well. Um, but you know, JJ had that narrative that he needed 110 yards for the rookie record. I knew they were going to try to get it to them. I knew they were going to try to feed him. Um, I ended up really, uh, you know, feeling like he was as good of a play as Devontae Adams. Um, so I dropped down from Adams to JJ. It allowed me to not have to punt one of the wide receiver positions, which um, didn't really matter. But I also went LaVisca Chenault. He's Glennon's favorite target. He had no competition for targets outside of maybe Keelan Cole. I thought they'd be trailing. I thought the game trip would be, would be solid. I didn't think he was going to score two touchdowns. Um, but, you know, smash there for Visca. And so you could see right there. Um, Cousins, Henry, Taylor, Justin Jefferson, and LaViscus Chanel. I would have cashed with, in most double-ups, I would have cashed with only those five players. And then the other four that I rostered, um, which I already mentioned, Ty Johnson, um, Evan Engram, just a bum. 
I don't know why I would ever put him in a in a cash lineup. I know that he got 10 targets, 7 targets, 9 targets the last few weeks, but I don't know. He was banged up. Um, they had all kinds of different tight ends rotating in. Levine Torlolo caught passes. Caden Smith caught passes. It was just a, a Sterling Shepard day, but should have went elsewhere. I think the thing that saved me with Engram is that no other tight ends... Tight end was really spread out. There wasn't really a chalk tight end this week, and also... No tight end really smashed. Um, Parham scored. I, I don't know if you saw that, but it was a complete lockbox of the century score. He was off to the left, and it was a rollout right. And, you know, Herbert just was scrambling around like backyard football Johnny Manziel and then just checked it down to Parham, who, who walked into the end zone. But play wasn't even designed for, for Parham to be a read. Uh, but it ended up that he scored. I really don't think that um, it, Parham was a bad play, though. He he had a, he played a ton of snaps last week. He's an athletic freak, end zone, red zone. I just wasn't going to go back to him when I thought Evan Engram was... I personally thought Engram was going to see 8 to 10 targets today. I was obviously wrong about that. I played Rashad Higgins, and you know I tried my hardest to get up to Marvin Jones, um, but I just couldn't do it. I couldn't get off anything, and I just said, you know what, Higgins is fine. Maybe Stafford doesn't even finish that game, and then Jones is in real trouble if that's the case. So let me just go to Higgins. Um, he's had eight targets per game over his last, over like the last month, so I thought he'd be okay. He ended up not, not killing me, you know, with his, um, I think he was like, he ended up with like eight fantasy points, three for 50 or whatever. Not terrible. And then I did go the Browns defense, like I mentioned. Um, so overall, a top three week of the season for me in terms of ROI. Really nice way to go out. Um, also smashed a pretty big prop parlay uh, on, on FanDuel Sportsbook that made it even even nicer. Um, my GPPs hit today. It was just It was just an unbelievable way to end the year in week 17. So let's talk about um, Devontae Adams for a minute and these cheap running backs. It's something that we definitely need to take note of um, in terms of for next year when there are cheap running backs, honestly. And I kind of hinted at it, right? Like it always happens where uh, these values open up in week 17 and you know we immediately think that the Saints are going to give Ty Montgomery all the work we think that the Panthers are going to give Rodney Smith all the work and what we normally see is that they kind of design the offense around their strengths um, or at least their normal starters if you look at the Panthers um, you know, they gave Curtis Samuel some carries. They threw the ball a little bit more. Rodney Smith still still had a pretty nice day, um, but they didn't involve him like we normally would expect. Uh, you know, even Mike Davis. Smith ended up with like 11 touches. Um, Montgomery actually wasn't getting the ball at all. Um, and then he ended up breaking off a 40-yard run, and I think the Saints thought, oh, maybe we should get him some more touches. He looked pretty good there, and he ended up getting about 13 or 14 touches. Um, Ty Johnson split time with Josh Adams. I knew that was going to happen. I did. I said it um, because I saw Josh Adams get seven or eight carries the last couple of weeks. I thought maybe they're going to split time. But I really wasn't sold on 
um, Montgomery at all. Like, I didn't think that they he was going to all of a sudden get a ton of targets and a ton of carries. Um, I thought he was in play, but definitely didn't think he was going to all of a sudden be Alvin Kamara. Um, I thought Ty Johnson, since we saw a 20-carry game from him before, that that I would take the chance on him. Really, the play was Darian Gumbawale because we already saw last week exactly how the Jags wanted to use him, and they threw him the ball a ton, um, so he was probably the play. But the overall lesson to be learned, I think, with these cheap running backs is we can't guarantee that they are going to just immediately step into these roles. And I know that I said they're safer than wide receivers, and they absolutely are, right? Like, um, Rodney Smith is safer than a guy like Richie James, who, sure, he's going to be on the field a bit more, but it's not like he's going to turn into Brandon Ayuk and get 13 targets. That's not happening. Um, It's a a bit safer to go with Rodney Smith or Ty Montgomery because we know that because they are running backs or even Dare or even Ty Johnson – because they're running backs, their their floor is a bit higher because they're probably going to see, as one of the only running backs healthy on their team, they're probably going to see, you know, 10 to 15 touches, um, which is safer than, uh, you know, a punt wide receiver that's going to see three to six or seven targets. But we just can't guarantee that that's what the offense is going to do. We don't know that, especially if we haven't seen it the week before or the few weeks before. Um, we can't just assume that all these punt running backs are going to come in and all of a sudden, you know, see the same amount of usage and even be effective um, with that usage. So with that in mind, it's kind of why I didn't go to two punt running backs. I just thought that that was just, you know, we're just setting ourselves up for, you know, multiple, uh, like two, three, four DK point weeks. I mean, I ended up getting those anyway out of Engram and uh, the Browns defense and, um, Rashard Higgins, but it worked out. Uh, but as for Devontae Adams, um, I just, and I mentioned this on the Friday podcast, I liked Henry better because the Bears really shut him down in their first meeting and they basically just took Devontae Adams away, right? I mean, in the first meeting, basically the same thing happened. The Packers scored 41 points in the first meeting, but Bob Tanyan scored, Alan Lazard scored. Uh, the running back scored, uh, and they they just limited Devontae Adams. Basically, the exact same thing happened today. They just paid a ton of attention to him. They let other players beat them, and that's what happened. I was fully prepared for Adams to bury me. Um, and I wouldn't have been surprised if he went for 12, 120, and 2, and you know Henry only went for 80 yards, but I thought that it was a bit more likely that Henry smashed rather than Adams smashed. Um, So that is why I chose to, you know, of the two of them, leave Adams out. All right, guys, I will be back for some playoff talk in a few days. Um, Huge six-game slate, biggest playoff wildcard weekend we've ever had. So we'll talk about that probably on Thursday or Friday, obviously, the games start on Saturday, so it will not be a Saturday podcast, probably be a Thursday or Friday podcast this week. All right, I'll talk to you then.